Welcome to the Kaidas Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Happy Monday Here night. We are. Yeah, what's going on, Ryan? Living the dream, pal, living the dream. Living the dream. Hope everybody's had a great Monday. Um, I've had a good one. It was only like 78 degrees here today. Nice and cool. So maybe we get outside a little bit, enjoy the nice weather. My air didn't run too much, so saving some money. Um, yeah, hope everybody had a good one. We had a great weekend watching the results come in from the Winnipesaukee event. We didn't go up there. Ryan, you decided not to make the make the trip, huh? It was tight, man. I, I, I had a little... A little side project I was working on, and I, it didn't go the way I wanted it to <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday, so I had to stay home and do some shooting this weekend, unfortunately. Do some work, yeah. So I hate that I missed it. If it weren't a 15-hour drive, I probably still would have tried to make it, but... Yeah, it was an interesting event, man. We're gonna we got the top two on, of course, Justin Largan and, and, and Matt Zapala. I, won't be, I should have asked him how his last name is pronounced. I'm assuming Zapala. Nah, let's just let's butcher yeah, it. Zapala. Um, but we got both those guys on. It was the first time I've seen it really, where it was like a small mouth versus large mouth showdown there for the final two spots. Um, so we're going to talk to those guys about that, but that's kind of cool to see, uh, Justin Largan edging them out with some largies. So this stuff was tight. And if you looked at pre-fishing, like a lot, a lot, a lot of people were catching upper eighties to 90 inch limits. So I figured it was going to be, you know, super tight finish. And it was, I mean, if you look down a list, a lot of people were, were putting up, you know, 80 to 85 inch limits up there. There's a clearly a really good fishery. I wish it were a little closer to my house, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And then, you know, if, if anyone watches those elite series events that they have uh, going on up there when they do their Northern swing and when they hit that region, everybody like 20, 20 pound smallmouth, you know, 20 pound bag is just commonplace. It's the guys that can inch out the 22 and 24 pound deals. And it looked like that here, you know, everybody was catching 80, but who could catch a couple to push them up in the high eighties, stay consistent there, or, you know, bump up against 90 or above 90. So kudos to the ones that figured it out, but up there in the North man, numbers are never a problem. It seems. No, they were catching the hell out of fish. I mean, you were seeing guys posting, they were catching 30 or 40, fish, 30, or 40 fish a day. That's pretty insane. Yeah. So as people trickle on here from YouTube and Facebook, uh, even from Twitter, we've had a few over on Twitter watching recently. Appreciate you guys. If you guys didn't see it on the Facebook page earlier, we're doing another giveaway tonight. Tonight, we're doing a dugout giveaway, but dugout is giving away a catchboard. So we're not officially affiliated with catch, but dugout sells the catchboards. They are giving away a catch X. I'm assuming probably whatever color, but there was a red one on the picture we shared earlier. <laughs> no, it's got to be got to be the red one. That's got to be the red one. It's that one. There's a I'm paint kidding. chip on it. I'm Steve kidding. dropped it. Yeah. So Steve Steve autographed it. I think. Yeah. So dugout, gonna give that away tonight. All you got to do, go like the dugout Facebook page, 
And then like and share this live stream as always, and we'll pick a winner after the show. So share the live stream, have a chance to win the catch board. You can never have too many of those because they don't float. So you knock one in the water, and you're in, in big trouble. And this one's much lighter than the original. The catch X is, is much lighter than the original, so I would – I would like to upgrade myself. I don't know why I haven't. Duke DMs are open. Like and share. Like and share. <laughs> go become, go log in to not Ryan Lambert and you got a shot. Hey, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Can I pick myself? Is that I well no. I will just I'll just close my <laughs> Oh, eyes look at the random room. generator here. Yeah, just if it happens, it happens. It's like not the Ryan Lambert pulled off again. <laughs> uh but yeah, we're doing that contest tonight. We had a great giveaway last week. Uh so we're doing that again tonight. We love giving stuff away because we love you guys watching the show. Uh so help us help you. It's uh Don't want to spoil it. But we may have another a new sponsor announcement next week for some more giveaways for you guys. So there you go. Dog's excited. My dog's excited about it. Just she, jumped she, out of the Jeep stroller and hit the road there. That's right, man. Ashley just got home, so she's she's excited to see Mama. Um, let's see. What are we going to get to before we get our guests in? We're going to start with Matt. Justin's going to come on a little later in the show, but we always like to cover one went down over the weekend. Of course, uh, we're going to get to the to the Winnipesaukee event itself, but there were some other events that went on. Uh, that I want to get into, and, and they, both these subjects kind of go together, which, number one, the Winnipesaukee event, if you compare it to years past, very good turnout, 80, you know, 80 anglers showed up, but compared to the, the run in the average for the BOS events, not as big as they've been pulling. Uh, like 100 KBF, less, roughly. Yeah, yeah. KBS been having some, they had two events this weekend, also down in the numbers, uh, but they had something interesting happen with the KBF <laughs> events, which is, as you guys probably know, they have multiple events running on top of each other. Uh, you're eligible to win them all or just win one of them or whatever, depending on where you pay your entry fee. So there's basically four entry fees you can pay. I, as a person that does the KBN you know, power rankings at the end of the year, want to make sure I pick the appropriate event to add to the power rank. I'm only going to pick one. I'm not going to pick all of them. Uh, so I was looking at those, and lo and behold, the person, lo and behold, lo and behold the person Don't that you won know. The, yeah, the person that won the Pro Series in both of them did not win the Power Pay because the same person that entered the two-day Power Pay didn't enter the Pro Series. So technically, they won the weekend. They had the most inches for the weekend, but they didn't win the Pro Tournament because they didn't pay the extra entry fee. So it's very confusing. What's the breakdown know. on yeah. all those entry fees? So it's 115 for each of the trails, 200 for the Pro, 35 for the little power pay pot. So it ends and up they're all four, simultaneous. Yeah, ends up 465. <laughs> and some of the guys picked some and not the other and whatever. I, I don't know if anyone, well, a few people fished all of them. But um, anyway, it makes for a very confusing selection on who actually won the weekend. I'm going to say the guy that won the power pay won the weekend because he had the most inches, but he didn't get the trophy because he but didn't. But he wasn't confident enough to throw them dollars down and back it up. That's a trick, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. I saw Gene. Gene got redemption. He he beat the 10 up there on uh, Percy Priest, KBF's uh, backyard there, home lake uh, here in Tennessee. Yeah. Got him a legit uh, Pro Series trophy. No no wade fishing this time. Yeah. But like I said, that's another one where the guy that won the power pay, actually actually two people finished ahead of him in that that didn't enter the Pro Series. So I don't know what to do. I don't know how to calculate that. I don't know what to do. Uh, I would just brand. probably probably don't because there's ten people in it. I don't think <laughs> I don't think there's anything powerful about a ten person fishing tournament. But fair enough. Okay. We're having a TVKA night tournament in two weeks. If you want to put that in the <laughs> in the power rankings, we'll probably pull twenty. Okay. Uh, but you. anyway, I digress. Uh, 
this isn't have to, this doesn't have to do with power rankings, but uh, a former guest over the weekend, Rolando Nandine, did you see what he did over the weekend? Yeah, <laughs> the same shit he always does. Yeah. <laughs> he smacked him. Yeah, he uh, won the tournament, but look at this monster. God. Not only did he won, <laughs> not only did my man win oh, the tournament, but he uh, caught a whatever you want to call it, a slaunch, a donkey, whatever you're from. Know. You could probably call it something different, that's, but that's all. It doesn't look it, right. Dude. Look at the head on that thing. What do you think that thing weighed in the springtime? I don't know. I don't know. Twelve pounder, eleven and a half. That's a big old. That's a whole lot of fish there. That's a long one. A longing. So anyway, maybe we'll give him a thirty-inch board if he wins tonight, like in chairs. He need he might need it because he was close to the twenty-six, right there. God, uh, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah, good on you, um, good on you, sir. Um, what else we got before we get into this tonight? Uh, uh, you want to talk about the sponsors, of course. Yes. Oh done. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sun sunglasses day. Yeah, yeah. It's National Sunglasses Day. I didn't even know this till I heard it on the radio today, but. We are partnering with a sunglasses company. So if you want to enjoy National Sunglasses Day, go to Revo.com, use KBN25, and you will save 25% on some Revos. Uh, I just saw in the comments the winner from last week went ahead and ordered some. What did yeah. he say he ordered? Revo Descend N ordered. There you go. I appreciate Fancy. it. You're going you're gonna to love them. And again, if you don't, feel free to roast us, but you're going to. So. Yeah, you're going to love them. So, National Sunglasses Day. We already talked about dugout. Any of those demo boats left at dugout? Um, I don't – honestly, I don't know. I hadn't – Jamie had been on vacation. He just came came back in hot. So, uh, I had, didn't, hadn't asked on the inventory status down there. All right. Well, click on dugoutfishing.com. And you can click around and find something you probably need. And then Western Sun Vodka. I uh, actually snuck some, some Western Sun over to the pool this weekend later around. Trying to get a tan because one of our viewers said I, we have lighting problems and or I don't have a tan. So I was trying to get a tan this weekend, right? I saw your nap pick after your day uh, outdoors at the pool there. Can't, can't escape. Paparazzi. <laughs> Ashley K, man. Gotcha. Ashley K, she got me. I rallied, though, for a few hours. Uh, oh, yeah, one more thing for the dugout. I saw oh, this yes. today. Yeah, th- no, this is big. This is big. Yeah. What do you know about that? Dugout sponsoring the Youth Angler Academy at Carson Newman there. Odd to fool. Um, I, I don't know a lot about it, and I would like to learn learn more about it. So we're actually working on maybe grabbing Ott and bringing him on to uh, to discuss this. I think it's kind of uh, you know uh, educational deal, obviously, but uh, you know pulling maybe some high schoolers and stuff that might want to learn a couple tricks trying to transition over into that uh, college fishing team deal. Uh, we also have from the dugout a discount code oh, yeah, here. available. Right here. Yeah. Yakima. Yakima, man. All, All accessories. There you go. 30%. That's big. It is. It is. So And I think it's valid through July 5th, uh, okay. according to the boss. So if you have any trouble, July 5th, tweet there me. There you go. Dugout's all over some stuff this time around. Uh, and like I said, before we get mad in here, remember we're doing a like and share contest to win a kit and catch board. Just got to like the live stream, share it, and go over and like Dugout's page. And uh, we'll pick somebody at the end to win a new board. Uh, with that said, man, let's get uh, let's get Matt in here and talk a little bit of BOS and, and how he did this. Hold on just a second. All right. What's going on? What's going on, my man? How do you, how you say your last name? I was saying Zapala. Was I right? Perfect. Dead on. All right. Yeah, just don't say Zapala. Zapala. Like <laughs> my childhood. Back yeah, okay. I got one of them last names. Were I'm from the Midwest originally, and they always mispronounced it. It was always Malik. Malik. 
Always mallet. It's, it's still mallet right now. Well, I answered a mallet, but because they scarred me with it, I still answer to it. But it's never right. Uh, but Matt, what's up, man? Thanks for uh, taking the time to come on here. We always try to get the tourney winners, and we know they're exhausted after, you know, especially these two-day events. Um, so we appreciate you coming on here and, and talking to us about it, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I see the big check back there. Yeah. Was this your first time, uh, first time fishing up there, or have you, have you been made that New Hampshire trek before? No, I've I've never I never fished Winnie before this. Um, I I got up there Thursday evening. I kind of drove around a couple boat ramps, didn't get on the water, and just had uh, just had Friday to go off of. Um, the lake itself is a is really similar to what I consider kind of my my home lake and my favorite lake to fish, which is Lake George. It runs right up along Champlain, um, and it's just a deep, clear glacial lake. Um, a lot of the same stuff going on. I mean, Winnie's a little different. It has way less largemouth, and um, but it has way more vegetation, ironically. Um, but so you know, in some ways, I felt kind of comfortable out there on Winnie, even though I haven't been out there. Are there like rivers and stuff? Like, how does this lake set up? Is it is it fed by a couple big rivers or, or no. what's the deal? No, I mean, I'm not a Winnie expert. I mean, I looked at, I did a ton of map study ahead of this because I knew I wasn't going to have much time. Um, there are just, uh, there are a few really small creeks. I mean, it's almost kind of generous to call them creeks. They're like brooks, you know, ditches kind of. Uh, at least that's the way it looked to me. So, is there you know. flow? Was there current on the lake at all, or is it just kind of standstill? Um, I, I, you know, I, I was kind of main lake. Um, there was a time when I kind of felt like uh, there was some some current out there, but we had a weird, you know, most of the time when we're fishing big water, whether it's you know around here or elsewhere, it's never calm. You know, I, I mean. The wind is blowing, you know, like Champlain last year at the Hobie BOS, you know, um, five foot cresting white cap waves, you know, blowing 20 out of the south. Um, here we had two days basically flat calm on a 60,000 acre lake. I mean, I, I feel like that doesn't happen ever. So not on tournament day. No. <laughs> no. So trying to get caught up in the comments here. So obviously you just said you fished Champlain before. What kind of experience do you have uh, fishing the BOS events? Um, Champlain and the Susky and, and that's it. Um, did, uh, did well at Champlain, um, bombed at the Susky. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I made a decision. I made the kind of decision that you can't recover from on that, on that river. And that was, that was over. Uh, the only, Reason why Go I feel upside bad. down? No, no. Uh, Cody Mill and I fished the same little stretch, and we both sucked it up real bad and left after that. So I felt like, you know, if they were there, uh, Cody would have caught them. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's why I keep telling myself to make myself feel better. I, I, I was, I was real sore after that because I am, I am definitely a river smallie guy around here, and you know, I, I spent a lot of time just waiting. Um, and that, that one hurt my feelings, but, um, Susky's I, a different I, animal though. I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother country. I, it doesn't fish anything like the rivers down here really. Uh, yeah. So, so the way those fish move and the way they spread that river so wide, the way they spread out and just kind of wolf pack around all day, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty sick. 
Yeah, it drove me crazy watching a guy, you know, he in, in a jet boat. He pulled up, made a few casts at a patch of grass, didn't catch anything, turned around without looking, fired in the middle of nowhere. No current, no rocks, no nothing. Like a three and a half pounder. And then he just leaves. You know, it's yeah. not like, he's just like, I'm going to go now. You know, so that, that, that did drive me a little crazy. Uh, what was your what was your plan of attack going into this? What were you looking for? You said there there was a large mouth and small mouth population. You know, after your map study and whatnot, what did you decide to target on? Uh, smallies. Um, I was going small all the way. I knew I had limited time. I couldn't do both. Um, I know there's some overlap between the two, and and there's a part of the lake where you can catch both out of the cabbage, you know, out of the veg and. I also felt like that part of the lake was going to be really busy, so I wanted to leave that alone, go more main lake. Um, I wanted to find a, a, a spook bite, you know, and just throw topwater um, fish, you know, shallower than 10 feet or at least 15 feet and maybe transition over to a jerkbait or, and then, you know, finish the day by slinging around a, slinging around a Ned, and that's yes. it. Didn't, what did you uh, end up, what did you end up doing? <laughs> yeah, not that um, you know, not that I I covered in on Friday. Uh, I covered fourteen miles, and I covered anywhere from you know real shallow to, to out maybe about fifty feet deep, and I, I, I covered a lot of stuff. And the shallow bite um, was there. The fish was smaller. Um, it also seemed very random. Like it was very, it was not like Champlain or Lake George where if you went to a prime spot, um, you know, there'd be fish that are just like sitting there. I mean, what I saw was there was just a lot of like rogue kind of Roman fish and you'd have to kind of just run into them. And I didn't really like that. Um, so then I, I found offshore fish that were chasing bait in several different locations. And um, I didn't really know like where that was going to go and, and everything, but I decided to put my eggs in, in that basket. So that's what I did. Where were they at in the spawn cycle? Because I know there was a lot of debate. Are they going to be spawning? Are they going to be post-spawn? You know, how was the timing of, of the tournament in relation to that? Yeah, I mean, so I went looking. Um, I saw, I saw a lot of empty, big empty beds um, around islands, shoals, you know, all this stuff. Uh, I I didn't see a single bedfish. I heard that people had seen largemouth on beds still in practice. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't see any, any fish bedding. I mean, I saw bluegill and sunnies bedding, which usually to me means the bass stuff is over. So, uh, you know, I kind of abandoned any hope of, of any bed fish. Shane sent us a video of two big old fish on bed. One of them was a ginormous female, and <laughs> he sat and messed with her for a while. Apparently, he couldn't, couldn't get her to eat. But yeah, large mouth. Yeah. But he got the buck to eat, and it—I mean, it was what Jeff, nineteen inch, roughly nineteen and a half inch buck off off those two. But I think that you know, 
while those fish might have been there, I think that's a very costly way to spend your day on the lake you might not be familiar with. Like if you knew where there were 10 docks that they always spawn on, it probably would have been worthwhile. But uh, it's tricky trying to, you know, pick them apart for hours to get one bite. Yeah, and I mean, I was actually thrilled to see that this wasn't going to be a small bed tournament. Uh, I wanted nothing to do with that. It's the dumbest thing on the planet. It's That's like, the only reason I wanted to go was if it, it were that. <laughs> Explain that because typically smallmouth aren't as finicky, right? It's just throw something in there and, and Jeff, everybody's Jeff, catching. If you can throw a flatworm within ten feet of the bed, <laughs> you have to wait less than one full second, and you can just have the hook. You don't even have to feel anything. I mean, yeah. it's like they will eat not, anything that hits the water. Anything. It's you know, I I did a bunch of bed fishing this year, um, last year in a bunch of tournaments um, through some KBF tournaments. I I got burned and got my feelings hurt um, by getting whooped on bed fish, and you know, so I, I spent a little more time just bed fishing this year uh, on Lake George. And you know, there was a day where you know, let's say I let's say I caught thirty smallies on on beds. I didn't make a second pitch to any of those 30 fish. No. You just, You'll you catch know? the same one three or four times. Like, I fish yeah. them all the time here. You'll catch the same fish three times in a two-week period. Like, they'll have the holes in their mouth still bleeding. Like, they just eat <laughs> everything. Yeah, so that's that's the deal. Clear clear bodies water, small mouth up north. It's just, it's it's a little silly. So, um, you know, if, if there is one of those coming up in the future, uh, you'll catch me you know you'll see me bed fishing but i was thrilled that this one wasn't going to be a, a bed turn <laughs> do, so. do kayak anglers use floggers up there when that's going <laughs> edwin uh, drove and got one for champlain he drove like two or three hours and and stroked one off a boater for champlain and use it i mean no. I, I, I don't know i need, I need I, a I, kayak flogger that'll go through the drive hole yeah hey now you're talking yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, um, I, I don't know how much you need it. I mean, yeah. it's. I see, Dev, see Devil's Lettuce in it. the comments. You're What's happening now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got the, the leaderboard. First of all, if Van Tine, if you're still watching, let me know how my mic sounds. I messed with the settings, so let me know. Uh, was it yours or mine? I don't know who he's talking about. Yeah, he said Pappy. I'm assuming he was talking about me. I'll. I'll I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was I was puzzled. I was like, man, I thought I was really doing good tonight. <laughs> yeah, I went over there and messed with it. I think I, I think it was too loud. So let me know, Mr. Mantine. I want uh, you louder, so, to be honest with you. Okay, okay. So here's the event. We'll go. Let's go through your day one, man. Uh, you were sitting there in fourth after day one. Had an awesome stringer. I mean, 80 inches. You know, people down to 50th place at 80 inches. So you know, you knew it was wide open still after day one. But so take it, take us through your day one, you know, what you'd found in practice and how it started playing out on day one. Yeah. So, um, I went to the, the area that was holding, uh, bait, uh, that I felt best about. And, um, you know, I got there, you know, with some time to spare and I'm sitting there waiting and I'm seeing some activity. Occasionally I see things get pushed up top. Um, you know, eventually, you know, I, I drop live scope in and I see, well, clouds of bait and fish just absolutely blowing through them. And, um, you know, I, I started, uh, 
you know, sharpshooting some of those fish. And I had 89 inches before 7 a.m. And, you know, those are my first five fish. Uh, and I lost like a 19 or 20 just outside the net. Um, so that was, I mean, it was the first time I had a tournament start off the right way. There's always some ungodly BS I have to deal with. So this was like, <laughs> I mean, 100% of the time, you know, leading up to this, I've done like 10, you know, national events leading up to this. And it's always some nonsense. And this time it was, <laughs> it was nice. And it was good to know, that, you know, after practice, I actually felt like, like crap um because i hadn't really stung any fish i hadn't spent much time in any one spot so i didn't really know what was going on over there but they were feeding um they kept feeding even though a guy in a center console um watched me catch a bunch of fish and decided to, decided to fish right next to me and rev his engine constantly and keep doing <laughs> drink <next> to me. <laughs> yes. but you know it, it, it was it was it was a pretty good deal um I didn't, you know, and then I immediately started thinking about fish management. You know, that was like, you know, at 7 a.m. Uh, you know, I got probably three or four inches more than I thought I was going to get. Um, so I was feeling pretty good. I decided to try and just pick off larger fish using live scope. And if you do it enough, you can actually tell the size of the fish that you're seeing. Not seen, like uh, I've seen Milliken doing that on YouTube. Like yeah. he's telling you the size of certain fish that he's throwing at. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not like perfect at it, but like when I, you know, when I scoped that 19, I was like, oh, you know, that that's that that's a fish I need to get to bite. And um, the the crazy thing about it is when they're on bait, sometimes they're just really stupid and they'll eat anything. And all their times they're so dialed that you can make the perfect presentation with anything and you'll watch them just swim away they want to blow right past it full speed um and like i know i you know on day one i presented a, you know i put a flat worm basically in you know a dozen 19 inches 19 inch fish's faces um and they wanted nothing to do with it um so, but, you know, eventually I decided to, you know, I called up a couple times and I decided uh, to go graphing to try and go find a second school nearby that I could go to on day two. Uh, I covered about six miles of stuff that I thought might have potential and I found nothing. So that's on top of my 14 miles that I did in, in practice. And I came up with nothing. I had three more schools. Um, that I had found, but I didn't feel as good about them. And all of them were at least a mile and a half to two miles away. So um, I, you know, just kind of went looking shallow, caught some fish. Um, I got to tell you guys that uh, that lake is just, at, you know, it, it is slam full of very healthy, you know, two and a half pound fish. And it's a ton of fun, you know, having, uh, you know, if you guys, don't fish offshore having a smallie come up after you hook it in 30 feet and just go vertical you know from 30 feet just straight up as fast as possibly can and go find out of the water i mean it's awesome um but the shallow bite i didn't upgrade really um and that was kind of that was kind of it i mean i actually got off the water 
a little bit early. Um, I didn't want to go back to my spot. I didn't want to draw any attention to it. I didn't want to, you know, beat up on it anymore because I knew I was going to have to put up something similar probably the next day. So that was And you did. You did just that. Just barely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So was there doc talk going on at, at like the captain's meeting or whatever? I mean, Ike was in this tournament. Um, mm. You know, he was didn't he? have yeah, he was in the tournament. He had two solid days, but not spectacular. But I just wonder when he's in a tournament, do people think about that? That he's lurking there? Or is he just another another yeah. angler on the leading bo- leaderboard? I mean, look, it's Ike. I think everyone wants to beat Ike if nothing else. I mean, my you know my fishing buddy that I, I fish with, Dan Lincell, you know, he beat out Ike by one spot. And, you know, that's a, that's, you know, you get to say you beat out a classic champ last year at the, the BOS on Champlain. I got Ike with the tiebreaker at the awards, you know, for, <laughs> for sixth place. And that was like on top of, you know, that was a little mini victory for me by Did itself. Did you flip a toothpick at him or anything just to let him know? No, no I told him, I told him, sorry, I'm not sorry about the tiebreaker. Good game sport and slapped him on the ass. Um. <laughs> uh, Luckily, he's a uh, he's a pretty cool guy. He thought I oh, I think he thought it was funny, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, the doc there was man, there was a ton of doc talk. I mean, like I said, I felt like crap after practice, and uh, you know, I, I see people at the ramp and and back there, and everyone's you know um, saying it's going to be great, and you know it was, um, but you know. You know, um, I, I didn't feel that way uh, about it. I mean, luckily it worked out, but I mean, I didn't feel that great. So. It seems to happen more often than you think. People that don't have a great practice ended up either winning or having a really, really good tournament. Why y'all think that is? Well, I mean, for me, <laughs> for, for, that one for still me, stings. <laughs> for me, I I actually treat practice like practice too, though. I don't treat it as a day where I'm going to go set the hook a whole bunch either. You know, I feel like people are like, you know, someone, you know, there was talk about somebody putting up 90 plus inches of largemouth for three days in a row. And in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? Silly. It's a silly plan. (laughs) Do we need to flip this for Dylan, Ryan? Yeah, right. Wait a minute. Dylan's a winner now. Wait a minute. What am I talking about? He's a winner. Well, if you don't let him pre-fish, he does great. (laughs) I was like, geez, you know, like. I don't, I don't know. That's 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 stinging a lot of fish leading up to a tournament where you're going to need that. So I don't know. I, I didn't like like I said, when I marked those schools like that first spot, ironically, in practice, that 14 miles I covered, this was the first spot I I graphed. And it's a spot that I marked on my Navionics app back in November. And I said, wow. I'm going to go here. And it's the first spot I checked. And I spent the rest of the day looking for someone like it and came up short. So. What was the ramp situation like there? Edwin sent us some Snapchats and shit of like, you would have like a hundred boats parked down the sides of the road (laughs) for miles away from the ramp. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a little bit of a walk, um, both days, uh, to, to, to park the car and then get the car. (laughs) Um, But from what I heard, I mean, some of the other ramps were real busy and, and the one I was at wasn't so, you know, whatever. I'll do the little walk. Let's uh, let's move into day two, man. So day one, you were sitting good, fourth place. You know, only a couple inches out of first. Um, you said you went searching on day one for it, backup stuff, but you didn't really find it. So did you 
have supreme confidence your stuff was still, you know, they were still going to be there and, and you were going to catch them? No. Um, because <laughs> you, no, I say that because, look, I don't think anyone wants to go into a, a tournament and count on fish that are chasing bait. Right. Bait, bait moves. Oh, yeah. And the fish that eat the bait move just as much. And if they're gone, they are gone. Like, that's it. It's over. And, you know, I would much rather have found a bunch of fish on a rock pile. Mm-hmm. And I would have felt so much better. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't sleep great that night because I was like, I don't know if they're going to be there. I mean, I've been burned so many times by offshore smallies. Like, my, you know, my home lake, Lake George, we have roaming smallmouth all summer long, you know, and I've spent, I spent probably the last three summers fishing deep, trying to figure it out. And I've made some progress, but at the end of the day, there's an element of random that you are never going to eliminate. And it is what it is. I mean, and, and without live scope, this wouldn't have been possible. You know, I mean, it's, this is like the last frontier of bass fishing, in my opinion, is you know, fish that roam, fish that are suspended. Um, and, you know, obviously forward facing sonar has completely changed the game. Um, but, you know, even with all that, if they're gone, you know, I was screwed. So, so I didn't feel great about it. But when I got there the morning of day two, um, you know, I saw the bait. And so I was like, okay. You know, um, I should have a chance, but man, they, they weren't, I don't know if it was because I, I really didn't catch that many, um, on day one. Cause I was real conscious about trying to not, you know, I, I probably stopped at about a dozen fish. I experimented a little bit. I, you know, I tried some reaction baits to, to have a fallback plan. Um, and that's some of that stuff worked. Uh, but when I got day two, they like, you know, I made perfect pitches to those fish and like they weren't they weren't blowing through schools of bait they weren't doing a whole lot they were just look like sluggish they look super skittish i mean i made a cast and like you know there's a pod of 12 smallies i'm looking at i throw a drop shot over there and all 12 disappear like <laughs> and i'm just like and and those are and then some of them were like the you know the class of fish that you know, you could get you a 95 inch bag. I know that sounds like a lot given what happened, but fairly confident based on what I saw on the screen. That's what I was looking at. Um, so I, I don't know. It was tough. It was really tough. I mean, that's not to say I didn't catch a lot of fish. And that's probably what people think I'm kind of a jerk. I mean, I probably caught, I probably caught 30 fish. Um, and people will say, well, that's a lot of bass and that's true. But when you presented, a, you know, when you got a lure in front of 200 fish over the course of a nine hour day or whatever, um, and they literally like pretended it wasn't there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it'll make you question a lot of things. You yeah, know? What's that conversion? Like 15% if you put it. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally like 10% or less for the day mm-hmm. and Big thing for me was, you know, as a whole topic by itself, and, and some people probably have differing opinions, but um, 
uh, scent uh, on your lures is a is a big deal. Um, really? You, know, like, you buy in so, on that pretty hard? Yes. And that's more for smallmouth, okay. largemouth, or both? A year ago, I would have said more for smallmouth, but last summer I spent a lot of time scoping um, for largemouth in in 35, 40 feet on, on Lake George. And I can tell you what I saw was I would pitch a... So what I did was to do a little experiment, I, I took a regular old finesse TRD, put it on a drop shot, started pitching it at fish. You know, it's not a traditional drop shot bait, but you know, every fish will eat a turd, right? I mean, they just, they gobble them up. So with live scope too, I would get to make multiple pitches to the same fish. And those fish would come to the, to the bait, nose down on it and just swim away. I would then follow that fish and pick up a scented TRD and um, they'd bite, you know? And so it's not like an anecdotal thing where, you know, if you're, you're only using 2D and you don't know what you're throwing, um, you know, what fish you're targeting, um, you know, this was, I'm, I'm literally fishing for the same fish and there are adjustments you can make to catch them. And, this trip was all max scent stuff and um, some of the old Berkeley Gulp products. I'm still a huge believer in. It comes from my saltwater days fishing inshore, and uh, I'm still a fan. Do you ever take the additives and and rub your worm down as you're out there on the water, or is it all Berkeley products? Uh, I like Procure Super Gels also. Okay. Let me get my, let me get my pen out real quick. Shameless plug. <laughs> Get this guy a sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at your limit there. Ultimate consistency, 89 and a half and 89. Uh, end up clipping Mr. Lacaz by a quarter inch. But you said you threw your bait in front of, you know, hundreds of fish that didn't touch it. Do you think you had the length that you were looking at that could have caught Mr. Largan? Um, yes. <laughs> the show. Uh, well, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I, like, I, I, yes, but I mean, with the way they were behaving, I had, I, I, I mean, I, in the end of the day, I had no, I, I mean, I knew for a fact I was not catching him, you know, I mean, bottom line, like, so technically, yes, I think I was around fish that technically could have gotten me there, but there was no way. I mean, over the course of two days, let me say that, over the course of two days, I could have gotten there if they bit. But the way they were behaving on day two, it was like a complete death sentence. I mean, it was, you know, and, and you know, with those pitches to those fish, you know, when I'm counting like so many, um, you know, I don't know how many times, you know, to be fair, maybe, you know, I'm not saying it was 200 separate fish. In these schooling fish, I have no idea how many times I'm throwing in front of the same ones, you know, circling around. I mean, I had clouds and clouds of bait and, you know, I was just panning around, you know, moving around, trying to follow stuff um, in an area, you know, I was like, you know, 150 yards, you know, more than a little more than a football field. And so I don't know, you know, the number of fish, but I can tell you I made so many casts and so many of them were spot on, but it, you know, the conversion rate was just, was just really low. And I don't know if that was because of the conditions or because I stung a whole bunch or not. 
They were they were doing you like killer whales. They were communicating and just messing with you. <laughs> they could have been. You never know, really. Have you yeah. ever heard a smallmouth communicate? I don't I've heard I've heard good. me communicate to a smallmouth. It's usually a lot of <laughs> expletives. <laughs> They understand it, don't they? Shit flying across the boat, things hitting the water. That's how yeah. smallmouth fishing goes. Love it though. Can't get enough of it. But it's a heartbreak. Yeah, and and the you know the bite on, on day two, like I said, it was you know, it was it was just hard to get on the bite. And dead stick and a drop shot was was really important. Um and it's such a weird situation because it's so it requires like especially in I was in an area where there was just so many boats. It was, it was a lot. Um, you know, I'm trying to get this, this flat worm not to move at all. Um, and you know, and you're in the waves and you're going back and forth and you're focused, but you're not really doing, you know, you're, it's like kind of calm. And then when you do finally hook one, it just, everything changes and you have one flying four feet out of water, you know, it's just like a weird situation. <laughs> <laughs> where you everything's just real quiet and then you know you you, you know you go from kind of like zero to 100 really fast i had one jump in between my legs from like five feet out i had the oh, net wow. I had the net way out leash out here and he was coming towards me and plopped right in my basically went right you know right between there and into the yak um so asian they carp. were asian carp style over there yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, I talked to some of the other guys, and at least one other guy had had the same exact thing happen. So they were really they were really fine. Did you have any jump you off? Like once you were hooked up, I lost one fish, and it was that nineteen twenty big one. And were you fishing again, was that on drop shot primarily? Yeah, I mean, all the fish that I that that were in my bag were drop shot. <clears throat> No so it's harder to lose a fish on a drop shot. If you're, yeah. I mean, smallmouth, if you're throwing like a spinner bait or even a jackhammer or like a football jig, those sons of bitches will, I mean, they, I don't know how some kind of magic, but they get it out of there quick. They, they got anything with some weight on it. They, they will get rid of it in a hurry. Yeah. I mean, I feel really great about, um, my chances of landing a fish once I stick them, um, you know, I caught, like I said, I, I mean, I caught quite a few fish. I lost one. Um, and, you know, that fish was, I hooked it. It came up a little bit, went straight back down to the bottom, and then came in a straight line where I could barely keep up with it, you know, reeling as fast as I could before it jumped out of the water, you know, four or five feet right next to me. And she was gone. But, uh, you know, numbers-wise, that's not too bad. So, yeah. I mean, it hurt. Yeah. Believe me, it hurt. Yeah. But, yeah. Unbelievable event for you. Let's uh... – you know, before we let you get out of here a little bit, tell us about, first of all, your drop shot setup. What's your rig for that? Yeah, so um, normally, you know, if I'm just going to go to any sort of northern lake, um, whether it's Champlain or George or Cayuga or whatever. Uh, I'm using 10-pound braid to an 8-pound plural leader with an FG knot. And then the weight, it just depends on like that's that's one thing that I'll always kind of change. Um, I I prefer a really heavyweight compared to most people, especially if I'm video game fishing. I look at it more as like a delivery mechanism more than anything. Um, a lot of these offshore fish, they'll just bite 
if you get it to them. You know, if it take taking away bait, like if I was on some rock pile on Champlain, um, I, I feel like you could get almost every fish to bite. Um, you add bait, and that throw that that can screw up the whole thing. But um, I prefer much heavier weight. Like I'm often fishing at least a half ounce, um, uh, up to an ounce and a half, even. Um, on that again, light like, line, like that. What's that? Still with that light line? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with wind, waves, uh, you know, and when you're scoping, you don't really have the luxury of, you know, um, you're, you're not on a big boat with, with, you know, perfect positioning and boat control and everything else. So you just got to get things to the fish fast. Um, but uh, so, yeah, the weight can change a lot. I, I went down to like an eighth this on Sunday because they were seemed to be terrified of anything moving. So um, did that. Um, and uh, I like uh, I like uh, Robo Worm Rebarb hook as a, as a drop shot hook. Um, it's not your traditional drop shot hook. It's a strength shank hook. Okay. Uh, I saw a lot of guys are using Nico nico hooks too that's what it, i use it, that's it's basically that same idea okay. um I got on. it's it's just a like a light wire straight shank hook gotcha so i mean that I, uh vmc nico hook and that, you don't if you stick one they don't come off that thing. yeah it's the same it's it's the same idea and and you know you land pretty much all of them as long as i just you use the tiny little gami round bin hooks and i've had decent i, I use those on wackies and and drop shots as long as i don't hooks. use circle as long as i don't use circle hooks i generally get to fish in the boat <laughs> don't use circle hooks p.s that's a terrible call what are you drinking by the way i've been wondering this all night is it is it orange juice is it an ipa what is... <laughs> all right it's... all right yeah. Oh, good fortune! That's a fit. There right. you go. Add this, uh, and look at this. Look at the can. Is it because it's got a fisherman on it? Is that why you drink it? Yeah. No, I mean it's so it's a local local brewery uh, up by Lake George. Um, it's an IPA. It's really good. They got a lot of good stuff. It's a good spot to stop at the on the way home. So, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. Okay. Awesome. Right. Hey, Randy Crease and Aster, are you still using spinning tackle with the big weight? I think you already answered that kind of. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm just imagining a, a big smallie coming up with that ounce and a half drop shot weight, looking like some kind of weapon, spinning that thing in the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, depending on the, I, I, and I'm that's not to say that I'm always using. I would say ounce and a half is a little extreme, even for me. Uh, I, I, I live, you know, I, I I live in that half ounce to ounce when we're talking big water, and 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 deep smallies you know if it's more springtime stuff quarter ounce you know. i think the pros call that power shotting don't they? they'll throw it on uh they'll throw it on on big bait casting gear and whatnot and drag a little bit bigger worm out there yeah but i yeah and but with the six pound so i, I don't know if i finished my thought i went to six pound fluoro for this tournament which is is not something I normally do. I, I think I pretty much eight is good to go. Uh, but fish were just being weird. Um, so that's uh, the other thing. Awesome. Unbelievable tournament, man. Congrats on making the TOC. I'm sure you're going to make the track to Cato, right? I'm going to try. Uh, Let us know early if you can't make it. There's probably going to be some it, people real spot. close to the line. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh 
I'm getting married in the fall. I gotta figure out some stuff. But oh shit! I'm getting. I, I'm. I would like to go, and I'm gonna try really, really hard to to make it happen. I might as well listen. If hard. you can, if you can make your bachelor party in Bozier City, or even your honeymoon, I'll take you to the Hustler Club. How about that? <laughs> on on the house. KBN well, cares. Cody, Cody offered uh, at the awards. Cody offered to to marry us on the shores of Caddo. Uh, to, uh, um, let's make it happen, man. We'll take that week of pre fishing. We'll get out, make some mistakes, and then if you still want to get married, uh, we'll do it in uh, uncertain Texas. How about that? Yeah, then you can yeah she shot that down um, the second I got home. So, <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. I Did you show her that check used... though? <laughs> I bet he'd let you use the van for the honeymoon. Hundred percent chance. Whoa, whoa! The I think that's there. a different Cody. Oh, okay. I <laughs> think we got our Cody's cross there. Uh, Cody Milton would do that as well. One do um, the Marion, one do the honeymoon van. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody Prather, he may let you use his RV. Who knows? Um, all right. Hey, we got Justin Largan here, Ryan. Hey, he uh, made Matt, it. Matt, you gonna stick around? With sure. I still, I still got some beer left. So. All right, please stick around. All right. Uh, let's get Justin in here. Bingo. There he is, Mr. Larry. Hey. Welcome back to KBN Live, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Uh, congrats on the big dub. We just got done talking for a while with, with Matt about about trying to run you down and catch you. Uh, so we're glad you are able to, to slide in here uh, second half of the show and, and talk about your win, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. You've been on quite a tear this year, uh, young man. You've, I, you've been catching catching uh, several fish, it seems like. I, I can't complain. It has gone uh, it's gone better than last year. I, I could not have expected it or, or asked for more. I mean, if, if I bomb at every event the rest of the year, it, it's been an awesome year. Do you feel like it's a momentum thing, a confidence thing? Like, what do you think that's kind of just, you know, really got you on fire this season? Yeah, I think it's both. I think I had a couple of... I had a couple of really bad tournaments at the beginning of the year. Uh, Kissimmee was tough for me with KBF. Um, you know, we had that cold front come through, and it just I did not have a good uh, a good tournament. I had another bad tournament at Toledo. I think I was down around a hundred at the BOS. Uh, what was it with Murray? I I zeroed on the second day at Murray, and and then went to the KBF or uh, sorry the the Bass Championship from there. And had a terrible practice, and I mean, I'm starting to think, you know, what am I doing here? I mean, do I do, do I belong? I'm, you know, forking out a lot of money for entry fees and gas and everything else, and just not having very good finishes. And I caught a fish the last day of practice at the championship, and that was like the one bite I got in practice, and ended up having a really good tournament there. And just, I don't know, it, it's been, um, I just been kind of riding it since. I mean, I've I've had some. You know, mediocre finishes here or there. I overslept one day on the Potomac, and uh, you know, day yeah. two of the KBF there, I, I bombed. Uh, but I, I think I was just—I don't know—I had a good first day, and I, I was feeling good, and just—I uh, don't know—I I don't think I had the same intensity the second day. And I learned from that. Um, Sometimes uh, just, I feel too good the night before. That's—it's—I yeah. <laughs> don't know, man. This is a humbling sport, and I've—I had some finishes last year that that were really, really humbling. And, you know, this year, um, and then I've just been, I don't know, it's, it's just been a blessing. I've been on a, a good roll and I feel like I've, for the most part, figured something out everywhere I've gone and, and been able to 
to put up, you know, decent limits and kind of just be in contention. So did you have did, any expo? Oh, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was going to say, where did, how many BOS events have you fished now, Justin? Um, this was my third this year. Okay. I did, I did Dardanelle last year. I did the Mississippi. I feel like I'm forgetting one. I did at least this two year, last year. This year you've done three already? Yeah. I did oh, Chick. I was, and then uh, Toledo, I was, I think I got points, but it was, I was like right around 100 at Toledo. Okay. So I was going to ask you where this will put you in the AOI, because as we know, you're leading the Bass AOI right now. Yeah. So you have a chance at the the multiple crowns if, if this pushed you up there pretty good. I It'll take another good finish to, to be in contention. And honestly, I I think Cody's leading leading BOS right now, and he is so good. I mean, his track record at and uh, in that um, on Cat at, ev at everywhere at everywhere. everywhere. Cody, I feel like Cody's he's got a top five at every lake in the world. Yeah, and Cato he's got like multiple. I mean, I. He, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> Anything's possible, but I, I just don't. I don't see him having a bad tournament down there. And I would have to have a uh, a real good one, uh, a couple of real good ones. I, I need at least. Uh, I'm definitely going to Dardanelle. Um, I'm signed up right now for for the Wolf and Fox Rivers. I didn't obviously I didn't know I was going to have a good finish here and qualify. <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of rethinking that 16-hour drive to Wisconsin. But um, I'm definitely. <laughs> At least one more uh, Hobie, and maybe I have a chance. Um, Are you fishing Susky? I didn't get in. I'm on the wait list. Oh, uh, that one. That, that's the closest one to home. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Believe it or not, I've never fished the Susky. I've mm, boy some similar stuff, but I've man, I've heard so many good things, and it's awesome. Of big smallmouth that get caught there is just crazy. Do you know how to catch smallmouth? You you <laughs> you went to the damn smallmouth fishery and you're like, hey, tell you what, I'm gonna try to find some green fish here real quick. I, I like the river smallmouth a lot more than the the ones in those deep clear lakes. I just I don't yeah. have enough experience. There, there's some lakes closer to home where we we've got smallmouth and I, I catch them occasionally, but it's not catching them the same way. Uh, that that deep clear. That, that stuff's just it's different for me and i've i tried to make it work in practice and I, I caught some fish but not anything like what the leaders caught with smallmouth i mean it was i caught a few but not enough to where i was comfortable going out there and after i found some green fish it just it, it there was one spot that i had that had some smallmouth on it where i felt like i could go get a, a limit fish if i needed it and the second day i was about to run to it um because i was on four fish for a long time but uh, unfortunately, I didn't need it. But well, let's talk about that, man. Because anyone that's watched Elite Series events up up in the the northeast or the north that are on smallmouth fisheries, you hear them talk about, yeah, such and such may try to target largemouth, but there's no way that's winning it. It's a smallmouth deal. Smallmouth's going to win, and you always hear them talk about that. But but you did that in this tournament where a lot of people were catching big smallmouth, including Matt here, um, and, and we're able to pull it off. So. What made you make that decision, and what did you find to be able to stick with it in practice? It, it, it was kind of a weird deal. Um, I was looking to try to find some shallow backwater stuff, and I, I, I wasn't really looking for what I ended up finding, but I happened to run across some, some shallow fish uh, just sort of in a, we'll say, a protected shallow area, and I saw a couple cruising. 
and then went back and I actually found a couple fish that I, I think they were late spawners. Um, I didn't see females. If, if there were females around, they were spawned out, but there were some, uh, some big fry garters and some big fish that big males that looked like they were still garden a bed. And I, I didn't find a lot of fish, but the ones that I found in there were the right size. Like I looked at a couple of them and thought I saw some you know, fish in the 20 inch range. I, I knew they were 18 to 20. And again, not many of them, but with what I found in practice, it was just really random until I got to that area. Uh, so Thursday's when I found it. And then Friday, I just tried to find something else like it. And I found another area that was completely on the other side of the lake. It was a different watercolor. It was, but the only similarity really was that it was just a pocket that had some fish in it. And I didn't think it was much. I, I was telling some other guys I felt confident that I could have one good day. And you never know with those, those spawning type fish, um, especially a couple of them I could see. The water was so clear. You could see hook wounds where they've been caught before a few of them. So you never know how spooky they're going to be. And if so you, you knew they were dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to come dumb. back to these guys. <laughs> Some of those just, you know, you, I've been around fish that have been caught before. And as soon as the bait hits the water, it th that fish shoots off. And it's, I mean, it, it's just not catchable. And I wasn't really sure. I didn't spend a whole lot of time trying to catch any of them. I did have one that, you know, I pitched a jig at it. And technically it was legal in practice because I didn't have a hook on it, but, um, but I, you know, swimming a jig around, I had one that bit on the first drop and that was the fish I decided to start on. Cause it was the only one that I was like, okay, I feel like this is a, you know, you pitch in there one time and I'll catch that one. Um, but yeah, it, it <laughs> so you weren't like, the guy that had 90 inches three days in a row or whatever it was that Matt was talking about. I had practicing, a, practicing, practicing, no practicing. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't hooking much, especially. Can we figure out who that guy was and where he finished? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask was it Prairie? Uh, was it large mouth or small mouth? I think it was this guy right here. I don't know who that is, but. Yeah, I don't know. Vin, Vinny, that was that was Vinny's doc talk. Uh, really, Vinny? No, uh, Vinny said he knows a guy. Oh. Uh, it wasn't Jeremy Hughes, was it? Because he'll whoop your ass on the boat I'll, ramp. I'll, you got to. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta there. watch out he just said he knows a guy which a lot of vinnies in new york say that they know a guy so i don't know you know yeah <laughs> during, yes. during the, vinny and i are from we're both from queens so you know we we, we chatted up a little bit but anyway. did y'all like y'all doing any fist pumping or anything or you no. just keep it keep it pretty no, key up there that's jersey that's Jer jersey days i got you it's fine. All right. So, Justin, take us through your day one, man. You said you went back to start on one particular fish. Um, how'd you yeah, get started did, for the day? I started on the one that I, I actually, uh, the, the first kind of little, it, 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 there were some docks that they were around. And uh, I went to where I'd seen a, a couple that had beds. And, but I, I couldn't really see. I mean, it, it definitely got bright early, but not, even in the clear water, it wasn't bright enough to really see them. And I, I made a few casts into the area where I thought they were, and I, I didn't get bites. So, of course, you know, it's early. I'm already kind of jittery. It's day one. So I I just decided, let me go catch the one that I feel like is a guaranteed fish. And it was kind of a weird spot. There was a, a boat parked there, and you had to go, you know, it was kind of a funky cast. So I cast kind of around and behind the boat, 
and fish bit on the first drop. I felt the pressure. I leaned into it and it went straight around the prop and I mean, just instantly snapped at the line. And I just, my, my heart kind of sank. I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. It, it's going to be one of those days because it, I, I didn't have that many fish. And that one I was, I was counting on. I was like, I, I needed that one. And I'm guessing it was 17, 18 inches. Uh, but I just started after that, I just started going through the area where I'd seen some cruisers, uh, picked up a different rod and started skipping a missile 48. Um, it's basically a, a stickworm type bait. And I've, I've done a lot of damage with that this year. Um, but I was skipping that, uh, had it Texas rigged on a two watt, like a light wire hook. I was using an eight pound line spinning gear, a real long leader. And the, I, I like a long leader and the braid I almost use more as backing. But I maybe 20 minutes after losing that fish, I got my first bite. It was a 16 something and I threw right back in the same spot and got another one that was, I think, 18. And I started to settle down a little bit and just kind yeah. of went through those <laughs> uh, those areas. And I, I wasn't making super tight cast. There wasn't shade yet. Um, so it was just kind of random you know, throwing around the docks where, where I felt like it was, it was a relatively easy cast. I wasn't trying to put it in the super crazy places yet, but I ended up, you know, I had four good ones. I think my last one was just a little 12 inch squeaker. And then I got into uh, I want to say like a 16 and three quarter and then went back to one of those bed fish that I, I had seen the actual bed. Um, and I could see exactly where the light spot was, stayed way off of it, made a long cast. And it, it bit, it was 17, it gave me a quarter inch up to 90. And at that point I said, okay, I'm done in here. I, I didn't really think there was much left for the next day, but it was, I don't know, 10-ish maybe. So from 10 o'clock uh, until lines out, I just looked. Um, I went looking for other fish. I felt like it was a, a luxury I had. I mean, especially based on what I, the rest of the stuff I'd seen in practice, I just, I didn't feel good about sticking any more fish and um part of me was kicking myself for catching that 17. i was thinking that that could come back and bite me um so i looked and i really didn't find much i i found some other docks that were similar and a few more fry garters and you know bed fish but they were small so i was really nervous going into day two i, I was really happy with day one but nervous <laughs> especially when I looked at, you know, scroll down the leaderboard and I saw like half the field had 80 inches. I mean, that, it was nuts. I, I yeah, thought that was super consistent limits, super consistent and, limits. I mean, I was thinking, you know, some of the doc talk I heard was 85 inch average across two days was going to be win winning or, you know, right up there at the top. And there were what, like 15 guys that had 85 inches. Yeah. I, it, I mean, <laughs> I was 80, blown away 84, I 84 went down to 23rd place on day one. I mean, that, I feel that, like anytime there's an adult smallmouth fishery in play, though, you have to think it's going to be around a 90 inch mark. You have to, because most, most adult smallmouth are going to be in that 18 inch range. So I think that anytime you're on a smallmouth fishery, you need to go ahead and kind of earmark that number, unless it's somewhere like Broken Bow or something that doesn't have like you know, a huge population of adult smallmouth, but anywhere that's, that's really heavy on smallmouth, I think 90 inches is the mark. I'm going to, I'm going to file that away. I, I don't have that much experience on those northern smallmouth lakes. And I was, everybody was telling me, cause I just come from Champlain where all these guys, you know, all these guys kick my butt at Champlain. 
and to me that was an awesome fishery. I, I tried to chase largemouth there too, and I, to me it was fun, but I, it just largemouth weren't gonna get it done there. Um, and Smalley's rule, Smalley's rule, baby. That's where it came from. And everybody was telling me this place is not as good as Champlain, so I was thinking, okay, well, you know, eighty-five, but no, day two I was nervous. Um, <laughs> and I really wasn't confident with the backup area that I found on Friday. But and I, there were a lot of people that launched there. There had been a lot of kayaks, um, I don't know, seven or eight guys I heard that fished the first day in there. There was a lot, a lot of recreational fishermen I saw in there. So I didn't know if somebody else found what I'd found. But I started going into the day, I'd start there, catch what I could catch, and within an hour I was going to be out of there. Uh, it was just that one little pocket that I had, and then I was I decided I was going to fish new water, uh, a ramp I'd never been to, and just kind of wing it. And when I got in there, it was... Uh, it was better than I expected. Um, I caught the first fish. It was a it was a garter, but I could never in practice see anything specific it was holding on. It was kind of a rocky deal, and it was just doing big circles. But I it hit a top water. Um, only bait I caught on early fish I caught on top water, um, but I, I caught that within you know first ten minutes probably. Um, my second fish was actually locked on kind of a. A specific spot and there was a, a grass clump it's kind of an eel grass that came up to the surface so i even in the dark i could see the grass so i knew exactly where to pitch and it bit on the first cast i, I thought that fish was going to be about 14 inches and it was almost 19. Oh, wow uh, so when that you're, happened you're way off on the inches or the yeah the heart <laughs> i literally picked it of the day thinking i could catch nothing there this fish might be gone and you know, I've got a 17 and a 19 in 10 minutes. And I I went to another fish that was kind of a funky dock. Um, it was really more like a platform that just kind of stuck out over the bank a little bit. And there'd been a fry garter hovering around that. I think it bit on my first cast and I missed it. I threw back in again, that same little missile, missile 48. And it, um, nothing on the second cast. So I moved maybe 30, 40 yards down the bank to the back of this pocket in a corner. There had been one that was a little better. And second cast in there a bit. Uh, that one was 18 something. And then I was, you know, I was fist pumping and I was pumped at that point to have. I told that. you people up there fist pump, Matt. God. <laughs> I mean, I was yelling, talking to nobody. Uh, and I went right back to that funky platform cast from a different angle and caught a 16 um, that I missed the first time. So it's, we're like 15 minutes into the day and I've got four. And at that point, my, my, game plan changed. So I was, I was like, it, it doesn't make sense for me to go run new water um, when I need one bite, really. And I felt like with one decent fish, I'd be in contention for a check. And if I could catch a big one, I'd have a chance to, you know, win or, or you know, potentially make the TOC. And That's crazy. I went for three hours. It was nine o'clock when I, I finally pulled the trigger and bailed on that area. I had just gone throwing top water, kind of everything that looked good. There was some some of that cabbage looking grass, uh, rocky points, just you know hoping to run across one. And when it didn't work at nine, I bailed and decided I'd go back to that first area. Um, I knew I'd found some some of the smaller bed fish. You know when I was just looking uh, the the second half of day one. And there was a point that had a small mouth that I, I thought I could, you know, probably get a bite there if I needed to. And I was just hoping I could get one quality bite 
back out of those docks that I fished the first day. And it took an hour. I mean, it, it was nerve wracking. But it was actually the, I think the drive in between, it was probably 45 minute drive between the spots. And I was just, I, I did kind of, it allowed me to kind of have a mental reset because I was down and thinking, okay, I just went three hours without a bite. I'm going to blow this thing. And I've had a lot of day two. <laughs> so it's just that, that kind of sick feeling. And I, I had caught a 12 venture, like just a squeaker that barely touched 12 uh, at the other spot, you know, before I left. And I didn't, almost didn't put it on the board. It was so small. And when I got it up there, it barely touched. And, uh, you know, it was a little hot, but I went to go to take the picture. And of course, you know, it flops off and gets in the water. And it, it didn't bother me at the time because, you know, I feel like I got all this time. But after three hours and no other fish, I'm just thinking, did I, did I blow this thing? Am I not even getting points now? Um, but that car ride, I just like, oh, just slow it down. I didn't even know if I was going to have anything when I left this spot initially. And I've got, I think I had 70 inches or so with four. So I got, I just need one bite. And I, I kind of calmed down. But honestly, I was about to pull the plug on that, that stretch of docks when I didn't have a bite in the first hour. And then I just, I made the right skip. There was a, a boat on a dock, um, nice shady spot. And I just, I made a good, a good skip. And the third, I mean, it hit once, twice. And the third hit kind of in the back of that shady spot, it just, you know, the fish took it right off the surface. Mm. And of course it swam straight down. There was a, there wasn't a whole lot of grass around, but that one dock had a big, clump right next to it. it swam right down in this mill full and I, i've got the eight pound line and the fish you know it's wrapped all up in and i can't see it and for for about 10 seconds i lost feel and i just had weight and i'm thinking you gotta be kidding me and uh it, it finally I, I felt a head shake and i just i backed off the drag and just kind of had steady pressure and it seemed like forever but eventually it swam out um and it was it was done at that point just kind of rolled on its side and came right up and when i got into the net it was just I just, it was a sense of calm and I was just like, you know, I, I didn't blow it. And then I was so relieved at that point because I, I was an 18 incher and I was just like, I've, I think I had 180 at that point. And, um, I felt really confident that I was going to get paid at that point. Uh, I had good points and I just, I slowed down and I really didn't think I was going to upgrade from there. Uh, but I managed two more fish that, that fish kind of told me they had moved out. They weren't kind of back on the shallow part where they had been the previous day with the sun higher, they were out kind of on the ends of the docks, but still in sort of dark spots. And I, I basically just kept skipping that, that worm. And the, the last two fish were weak, man, when, sometimes it just goes your way. I, I skipped into what I thought was a great looking little spot, no bite. And I kind of, the, the 48, you can almost use it like a, uh, a floating worm. When it's Texas rig, I mean, you twitch it and it kind of darts, almost like a, like, I guess like a floating worm or like a, a fluke. fluke or something. Yeah. So I kind of swam it out, and I was looking, and I thought I saw a tail. Um, right, and at this point, you know, my the kayak is drifting because I'm I'm kind of going around it, but I, I looked and I'm just like, it looked like a tail, and I pitched. I didn't even skip it. I just pitched back to the edge of the dock, and as the bait's you know starting to do the little shimmy down, I see the head come out and just come right at it and literally eat the boat, the bait, and go right under the boat. And it was another 18. And of course, it, it actually got tangled up in another rod that I had sticking over the nose of the boat. 
And Ryan, when that, you always lose them. Like when that happened, you lose them. And it, I didn't. It, it stayed on, and I, I managed to get the you – know, it was a bait cast, so I managed to get the, the thumb bar pressed so that the fish is, isn't taking my rod in the lake. It's just running around with the other bait tangled up. And uh, I got in the net, and then I'm just I'm, – I'm thinking, what in the heck? Like that – to have, have that happen with a fish that size was just – it was nuts. Yeah. Ryan, how many times have we talked about that, man? When, when, when you're going to win, all the shit that goes right that usually goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, it has to. All of it, everything, the stars have to line up because there's so many little nuances that, you know, just like that, the rod getting caught up or if something, if there's a nick in your line that you didn't check or, you know, a fish swims under and catches the edge of your drive. or so, There's a million things that can go wrong to make you not win. <laughs> like you have to have a lucky rabbit's foot to pull it off. And the last fish I think was actually – if it wasn't my big fish for the tournament, it was close. It was a nine, I think 19 and a quarter. And that one was kind of cool because, you know, for the most part, people in the area were cool. Um, you know, I had a couple people, you know, one guy came out, hey, maybe you shouldn't cast so close to the docks. Like, kind of pass them. <laughs> Eat shit, bum. I mean, I, <laughs> I was a jerk. Minute. But I was like, well, did I get anything? Because, I, I mean, I was real careful. And with the 48, it's a piece of. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's not going to do anything even if I did. Um, <laughs> and he said something like, oh, well, you never know. And I just kind of smiled and just, dude. What the, right back the second, at it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was in practice. But that second day, it was a different different dock, different person. But he was just kind of standing on his dock. And I skipped in there. And I you know, I hadn't noticed him initially. I looked up and he's standing there. And I just kind of waved at him. And he just gave me a skunk eye. Like, just stared at me. He didn't respond or anything. And I was kind of like, whatever, dude. I've got 90 inches. I'm on cloud nine right now. That's my day up. Do you try to I spray got... you with a water hose or anything? <laughs> Not that bad. He just kind of stared at me. Like, like I'm, I just I didn't get it. I just watched uh, – I saw a uh, – he's a weirdo. His, his channel is kind of weird, but it's kind of like a car wreck. Sometimes you just watch just to watch, which is Randy Blockett's <laughs> – he just did a video. On, <laughs> he just did a video on uh, dock owners uh, and how to ruin in bass fishing and doing some hell stuff like yeah. that. Wish they get uh, them docks plumb out of the water. We <laughs> he went on. A, he went on a rant about it. It was pretty funny. I've, I've seen his stuff about. He, they should take all docks out of public lakes. He's yeah, a he's, special character. Something else. He's, he's a big fan of live scope too, so he'd love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he has internets. To be honest with you. <laughs> Hey, he's still a heck of a fisherman. Yeah, he is, and he he's got a huge uh, huge YouTube just running selfies while driving ninety miles an hour down the highway in a truck. So somehow it's, it's amazing. It's worth, it's worth I it. wish I could figure out how to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think but, you uh, just have to do uh, it every every single day, and eventually people get day. so tired of it they will watch your stuff. Yeah, with a child <laughs> in the back screaming, and then just find something to to rant about. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and this is interesting because, like I said, it was smallies and largies, of course, but also, you know, Matt's talking about the intricacies of live scope and how many fish he pitched to, and, and Justin, you're over there skipping docks and pitching docks. So, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, obviously, more more than one way to, to win a tournament. I saw an article the other day, John Cox hadn't caught a fish. Uh, I saw that. Deeper and than like four feet. Yeah, yeah four feet. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, four so. feet in a whole season. What? Yeah. So I like so AJ, uh, AJ made a comment about him at Chickamauga. He made a comment about, hey, man, everybody else. I think the Pickwick tournament was going on the same time that we were doing Chick. 
And he was like, hey, man, you know, John Cox is up there, another like, top 10, or I think he was top 10. And everybody else is out doing ledge fishing, and he's doing his thing. And that I actually thought about that in practice. I was, I, I was thinking about the smallmouth, and you know, I can, I can go out there and catch some fish, but I just I didn't feel comfortable like I could, could compete with these same guys who just anytime I'm fishing a northeast tournament, these guys smoke me. Anytime they come down to the Potomac, these guys are you know the Ryan Nye. I mean, they're they're always doing well. And I didn't feel like I could beat them at kind of their game. So I just did something that I, I'm comfortable with. How good did it feel driving north into Yankee land and dominating for the South? Uh-huh. That's what I want to know. It, I mean, I'm, we've said for a long time the South is going to rise again. And, and <laughs> Sunday Sunday it did, damn it. It's, uh, yeah, it, like I said, it was unexpected. It, was, it, it I don't know how to describe the feeling. I mean, it. It was awesome to win my first kind of national level event this year. Uh, but to win my first, you know, win a two day, I mean, Hobie, all these trails are great, but to me, Hobie, the, the BOS is the most challenging, no motors. Um, it's big fields. It's, it's the best of the best. And to be able to go out there and have, I mean, have, it I is. Hope. And that that two-day part, you know, what you what you said about the two-day part, I don't care what label you put on any tournament, but the consistency of, of having to perform at that level for two days, that's the biggest, you know, difference in dynamic. Being able to manage your fish, manage your mind, you know, mentally, like you were saying after your day two where you started, like that kind of – that kind of dip in your <laughs> in your mental state like am i gonna blow this because you have to you know you have to put up those numbers two days in a row you have to to win it so so the so just to jump in real quick i mean justin like as far as i know based on what i've heard about winnie from from people that are kind of more local officials before i mean justin basically did something that like no one thought was possible and like maybe won't like can't be repeated i mean you had like you had a weekend with those fish like none other you deserve a ton of credit because i don't think anyone really thought you could put up 90 plus largemouth on that lake that's dominated by you know i don't know 85 percent smallmouth you know i mean i think i was one of the people that thought it would dry up you know and i think most other people did and you know i don't know bass boat kayak or whatever i don't know if anyone's putting up those kinds of bags a large mouth again for another weekend for the whole year i mean it's a really big deal so congrats man but i appreciate it i i think it was flukish just everything aligned for it to work um there, like, i think kbf's going going back in a couple of months and it's there's not gonna be spawners it's, it's gonna be a completely different deal I, and i actually the the second day uh the pocket, excuse me, the pocket that I was in, um, a boat came cruising out and was like, Hey, you know, how you doing today? And I was like, I had an all, I had an awesome day. And the guy's like, Oh, you should have been back in here a couple of weeks ago. There's monster fish spawning. And I'm thinking, you know, it, I think it's probably a really short, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know the lake. It was my first time up there, but I have a feeling what I did is like a very small window. And I just was fortunate that we happened to hit it where it, you know, sometimes doing the weird stuff works. Hey, fish your confidence, fish your strengths. That's the old cliche, but that's what you did, and it works. Um, man, I appreciate both these guys joining us, Ryan. You got anything else for them before we try to wrap this thing up shortly? 
That's it. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I don't know what else you guys have on the schedule. I know you said you're fishing uh, Susky Matt. Uh, I'm sure we'll get on some smallmouth up there, no doubt. And uh, Justin, I'll be – you're not yeah. fishing Susky? No. no. Oh, my no. gosh. And Justin's on the wait list. God dang. So. Okay, I'll never see either of you again. No, Justin, <laughs> I'll see you at Dardanelle if you decide to make that drive. Uh, we got a, we got a nice little spot with a pool table and some cornhole boards uh, somewhere cool. on the side of the river out there. So yeah. You may have the cornhole world, KBN World Championships. You can come join in the fun. Well, let's do it. Might win that too. Who knows? Hundred bucks a team, but you gotta beat me and Jeff. Yeah, there you go. And if you beat us, you're banned from the group. So just remember that. <laughs> You'll never be back on the podcast again. No, which will kidding. not affect your life at all. So <laughs> that's the bright side of things. No. Hey, yeah. Awesome event, guys. Congratulations to both of you on making the TOC, of course. And uh we'll be watching you for the rest of the year, man. But we're gonna wrap this thing up. Um round somebody up for next week hey ryan yeah i'm gonna try i'm gonna try hard all right man we're out of here y'all have a good all right night. see you guys thanks okay.